Well, we're going to talk about the fear of God tonight. Uh, the Lord willing, we're going to transition to step number two. Uh, you've got an exciting uh, Sunday coming up because the, the new breed of ministers are going to be here. And we have a group of newly called ministers here that's a part of our church. And many of them are away at college at preparing for ministries and various things. But those that are here... And that's going to be this Sunday. We're just going to allow those that new breed of ministers to do something wonderful and tremendous in our midst. Praise the Lord. Uh, so, so the Lord is uh, certainly working in our lives. But, but in this, in the, uh, in the steps that we're taking, I always feel like as a pastor that you have that sense, and many of you have the pastor gift. Many of you have probably a lot stronger pastor gift than I do. And, and you can sense the, the steps of the Lord. That, that's the thing, the thing that, the wonderful thing that I love and I appreciate and humbles me so much by being a pastor that you can sense steps. Somebody says, should I talk this over with my pastor? I would always encourage you to do that because your pastor has giftings to sense steps for you. They, they, I'm not saying that their counsel is always the wisest counsel, but they have a supernatural gift in them and others that have gifts of pastoring. Many of you are, may not be thus called a pastor, but you have pastoring gifts that are strong in you. And God has equipped you to help other people walk. That's what, that's what shepherds do, lead sheep through dangerous places. And so a pastor is to have an anointing on their life and the ability to seize spiritually and prophetically to where that they can help others find a safe journey, a safe place for their feet during their walk in life. And so, uh, so during the process, that's what makes me, I get so excited about when I feel the Lord's leading us into a series because I'm always looking to that next step that God's going to carry us to. And almost the step I'm on almost gets boring because you can't wait to get to that next step. And you can uh, you can sense the Lord, and I, I see it. I see it like a whole little line of sheep, you know. And um, I see a few billy goats too, but in uh, that whole line of sheep, and and I can see the Lord just leading us so wonderfully along a pathway. And 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 as we get to different paths, and I can just see the Lord turning various ones of us aside into the green pasture that He has prepared for us, you know. And man, it's a quiet water, man. The Lord has a place of rest for your life, is what I'm trying to say. God doesn't mean for your life to be filled full of turmoil. And because Jesus, His yoke is easy. And you said, you can tell me, He said, my burden's always light. It may be a, a big burden, but it'll be a light thing for you to walk through it with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that, that's the way we sense this. And so I believe it's just real important, though, that we get this step down. Of, that we, we get a certain amount of understanding and knowledge on the fear of the Lord. And so as we make switch our gears for the next step up, I, I just want to cover some things very quickly about the fear of God. And that, that we can get... And I'm going to draw some help tonight. And we're going to be using our little video help to help me and some people that minister into my life in that area. So I'm going to be drawing from that very quickly tonight to be able to help us to make sure that we kind of get everything that needs to be done on this step taken care of. 
Because I tell you, you know, it's a, it's a sad thing in life to be heading somewhere and then have a misstep. You know, a misstep can completely cause you to lose the whole trail. I mean, and so it's just real important that we don't have missteps, that we, that we cover every, get every stone turned, everything taken care of, that we, that we get the understanding that God wants us to get on every level that we're walking. Because the understanding that God gives us here prepares us for the understanding for that next step. And God is building something beautiful. You're not having to control your life. Isn't that wonderful? Man, give a Lord hand, hand clap if you, you're not having to control it. You're not, we're not in control. <laughs> the Bible says that, that we're held up and together by the word of His power. You know, about the time you think you're holding your world together, then God has to come along and you see that you're not. Because our held, our world is literally Held up, and it's wonderful to be in the hands of the Lord. Man, it's just wonderful. I mean, there's a world out there that's going crazy through anxieties and fears and mental disorders and all that time because of simply because they can't rest and know that they don't have to do it. That they can rest in the arms of the Lord. God has your best interest at heart. What God God is dreaming far better. And far greater than you could ever dream about yourself. And every once in a while, he'll come in and let you have a little a spiritual video of, of something he's going to do in your life. But that's just such a small part because God has such great dreams and great plans for you. The Bible says, I know my plans that I have for you. Wonderful plans God has for his life. So when we talk about the fear of God, I'm not talking about being scared of God. I'm talking about trusting the Lord. Trusting in that you're in the hand of the Lord. You can trust God that. Now the wonderful thing about the fear of the Lord, it, it, it brings up this honor and this respect out of each one of us. Now somebody says, but there is a certain amount of fear that's related to the fear of the Lord. But it is fear. It is a reverential fear. It's not an afraid fear. There is a reverential fear that, that would cause each of our lives to stay close to God. Because out of that fear of the Lord, I recognize what happens to a life that's not staying close to God. And it, it causes me to want to please the Lord. Because Lord knows I've watched what can happen in a person's life when they determine to rebel against God. And so the fear of the Lord causes us to stay close to God. And the and fear of the Lord causes us to stay right underneath the arm of the Lord. And so it keeps running us back, man. When the devil tries to run us out, the fear of the Lord just keeps running us back. To, man, I don't want to be caught out there fighting the devil on my own. I'm going to run back over here where the Lord will do my fighting for me. So I tell you, fear of the Lord is a wonderful and precious thing. I want you to take just a moment. We're going to join Louis Giglio as he just has a moment of reverential fear of the Lord. Go ahead. The moon and the stars that you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? But I'll tell you, here's the miracle tonight. We, you and me, are prized by majesty. And we have been sent forth by the God of all creation who stamped His very image of glory into our hearts. And here's the thing, so what? 
Wow, praise the Lord. So I give the Lord a hand clap for that great and glorious God that the Lord has made us such a part of. Now, the Bible tells us when it talks about fear of the Lord, it tells us some things. See, God's working in our lives all the time, creating desire and power. Somebody say those two words, desire and power. God creates in us a desire to be close to Him, a desire to please Him, a desire to be to know His Word, a desire to be filled full of His Spirit. And then, but not only does God create a desire, the Bible says in the book of Philippians that God then creates a power to fulfill that. So whatever it is that God is giving you a desire to move to Him closer, God is also empowering you to be able to do it. Somebody says, God's asking me to do something, and I can't do it. i tell you what, that's why I ask you, because you can't do it, but He can do it. And so if you will just begin to rely on this great and wonderful the Lord to do those things. Now, book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 1, the verse that we use Sunday, they said, because we of these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves. Man, that's what it is, man. God has promised us so much, so many wonderful things that it causes this desire in us to cleanse ourselves. Now, notice here, that promise cleanse. I mean, it's not like promise plan. Well, I don't get to do with my promise. No, that's not the way it works. The promises that God gives us is so wonderful. The next desire right behind the promise is the desire to be clean. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that the fear of the Lord is clean. It's clean living, it's clean talking, it's clean loving, it's clean caring, it's clean... See, the, the fear of the Lord is that clean. And so out of that, the Lord begins to deal with our desire. So, so as God is creating, creating the promise of God, the anticipation of God doing wonderful things. That's what a promise is, is anticipation that God is going to do something wonderful. Boy, I'm anticipating that God's going to heal me. I'm anticipating that God's going to help me. I'm anticipating that God's going to bless my family. I'm anticipating that God's going to turn this thing around. I'm anticipating things are going to get better. I'm anticipating that next year is going to be more grand than this year. I'm just anticipating I'm going to have more finances flowing. I'm going to get a better job. I'm going to get a raise. I mean, somebody's going to recognize my servitude. Somewhere in it, the process, that, that promise... It's that anticipation, and right behind that anticipation comes that next part. There's this desire to be clean. Because the Bible says that God is holy, and He's going to dwell in holy vessels. I'm not here to tell you what holy is tonight, but I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit will work in cleaning all of our lives up. Amen? So it says, cleanse ourselves from everything that would devour our body or our spirit, and let us work toward complete holiness. Wow. All right, now notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. We're talking about fear of the Lord now. It says, Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Wow, that's so powerful. I tell you, the world is living on a kingdom that's being moved by every dictator, every leader, every nation. But God has given us a kingdom that cannot be moved. So when everything is shaking around you, you just say, I don't shake. <laughs> the Lord holds my kingdom together. Wherefore, we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve. See, it takes grace of the Lord. Grace is not God looking over my situations, looking over my difficulty. Grace is God pouring into me, <laughs> helping me to do what He wants me to do. Quit saying you can't. 
begin to say, I can, because of the grace of God. If you're feeling like you can't, that's because you're relying on yourself. And you need to get over yourself. <laughs> and you need to get out of yourself. And you need to begin to say, God can do this thing through me. Amen. Where it says, receiving a king, we cannot be moved. Let us have grace, boy, because grace is God's strength pouring into my weakness, man. God's grace can help me to quit cursing. God's grace can help me to help my faith. God's grace can help me to overcome those childhood issues. God's grace can, can cause this anger to cease. God's grace can give me uh, multiplied opportunities where in an area that has no opportunities. God's grace because it's the grace of the Lord. It's everybody say God's strength. That's what the grace is. It's a supernatural strength of God. And that's why the Bible says that grace pours into our weakness. In fact, Paul said it like this. It makes our weaknesses strong. Wow. So it said, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. Notice that the words it's using. Somebody say, well, I'm, I'm just serve God any way I want to. No, you can't either. Acceptably. Everybody say, acceptably. That's the way God desires for us to serve. That's what the fear of God teaches us. Now, the fear of God teaches us that, that, that there are acceptable ways I can serve God. Now, the wonderful thing about it is because the Holy Spirit is individual with us, I found out that God will give you challenges in your life and God will give you dictates in your life. I mean, God will tell you when He wants you to pray. He'll tell you what time He wants you to begin to get. As closer you get to God, you'll find that the Lord can give you the easier life just by learning to do what He says. And God will begin to... Somebody says, I'm a morning person. Somebody says, I'm a night person. I'm here to tell you, I want to be a God person. If God wants me whatever, whenever, however, that's the kind of person that I desire to be. Amen? So whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. That's, that's the clincher right there, isn't it? All right. There's three areas that... Two areas I've already talked to you about and third area I'm going to close with. All right. The first one is people that fear the Lord, they live committed lives. That's what the Word of God says. They live committed life. If you want to see the workings of the fear of God in you, you're going to live a committed life. That means you're going to be obedient to the Lord. You're not fearing God if you're not walking obedient. If you're doing what you want to do, no, that's not fearing God. Fearing God is living a committed life of obedience. And so the first thing that we want to know in this series that we've been in is to recognize that I've got to remember that a committed life is a life that fears the Lord, honors God. A life that's not committed. Somebody say, I can't be committed to that. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure you can't? Because God can give you the grace and strength to be committed to the things that He wants you to be committed to. I mean, God may ask you to do some hard things, some foolish things, some things that don't make sense, or some things that make sense. That doesn't matter. The thing that makes the, the difference is, did God tell you? And if God is speaking to your heart, and He's speaking to your heart biblically or spiritually, when God speaks to your heart, if you're going to fear God, you're going to have to say, yes, sir, I'll do it. I mean, even to the point, the example of that is found in, found in Genesis chapter 22, where, where Abraham was told to offer his son, which nobody couldn't understand. We can't even understand that now. Totally unreasonable what God asked Abraham to do. 
I'm going to tell you what, God will ask you to do unreasonable things just to see if you'll be willing to do it. Because God wants to find out how much you and I fear the Lord. And so he asked Abraham to do something that was totally unreasonable and didn't act, didn't seem like should be God's character. God's never asked for sacrifice of human flesh. Do you understand? But he spoke to Abraham and he did not want that, but he wanted Abraham's heart of obedience to be willing to do whatever it would take to please his God. Amen. So, the Lord may speak to things that are reasonable, unreasonable, things He wants you to do, things He don't He wants you to do, whatever it is. But a committed life says, yes, God, I will be obey you. The second thing that the Lord does. Uh, let's, do, we, do we have a video to help us right there real quick? We do. Surrender to the Holy Spirit is not a feeling, my friend. Surrender to the Holy Spirit is strict obedience to His Word. Surrender to the Holy Spirit is strict obedience to His voice. Surrender to the Holy Spirit is Jesus in the garden just before His crucifixion, crying out, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will but your will be done. That's surrender. Every time that you choose holiness over sin, that's surrender. Every time you choose prayer over Netflix, that's surrender. Every time you choose the sacred over the entertaining, that's surrender. Every time you choose to read the scripture instead of scrolling down some social media feed, that's surrender. Every time you choose to walk out when a movie is filthy and get made fun of by your friends, that's surrender. Every time you choose to not participate in gossip, that's surrender. Every time you choose to say no to that secret sin, that's surrender. Wow, go ahead, Stephen. So the second way that I show the fear of the Lord in my life is through a life of consecration. First one is the life of commitment of obedience to the Lord. The second is a consecrated life. A life that that holy God can be at home and a life of holiness through His grace. Now the marvelous thing about it, none of us can do it. None of us can live the consecrated life that the Word asks us for. None of us can do it. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. <laughs> Boy, I remember when I came to the Lord. I remember the things that miraculously left me at the very beginning. I mean, there was probably a hundred things that just dropped off my life the very day I accepted Jesus in front of that television set listening to Billy Graham. But there was at least a hundred that didn't. And I can remember wading into that other hundred that didn't. And I can remember how powerless I felt. Now, I still feel that same powerless today. But the difference today, I know God can. Amen. But I remember that feeling. I even drove through this town that night trying to follow, in my meager way, trying to follow, follow the dictation of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I remember offering myself to God had no power to change. 
But somebody says, but God. But God. I honor God by first my willingness to change. And then my commitment to change. And then my discipline to change. And not giving up until change comes. All right, let me talk to you about the third area. The first is commitment, obedience. The second area of fear of the Lord is consecration. The third area is commitment to a life of war. I honor God every time I resist the devil. And it's when we recognize... That not only did we gain a glorious God, but man, we gained an enemy that is set on two things. My destruction and my misery while he thinks he's trying to bring me to destruction. Jesus has taught us so plainly in his word how to deal with the devil. If you're going to deal with the devil in your life, there's going to be some weaponry that you're going to have to use. And every time you use it, you're bringing glory to God. You're honoring God. Every time that you stand at the smallest to the greatest resistance to what the devil is trying to say, do, or deceive you in, you're bringing glory. The Bible teaches us so plainly in Luke chapter 4 and also Luke, uh, Luke chapter 4, then Matthew. Jesus lived it out in front of us because there's some things that Jesus gave us as an example, not just a teaching. Fighting the devil is one that he gave us as a teaching and as an example. What do you do when the devil's lying to you? What do you do when the devil is trying to deceive you? What do you do when the things that the devil is telling you has no truth in it? And what do you do when the devil is trying to lead you along a path that will end in destruction? Number one, you hope to totally depend on the Lord in spiritual warfare because it is spiritual warfare. If it was physical, now Lane and I could give you a few lessons in physical warfare because before we were saved, man, everything flew across our house. But when it comes to spiritual warfare, you have to depend on the Lord. The first thing you have to depend on is discernment, spiritual discernment. That's why the Holy Spirit, somebody says, I don't think I need more of the Holy Spirit. Oh, honey, you don't know anything about warfare then. Because the, the Bible even calls it the sword of the Spirit. It's not your sword. It's the sword of the Spirit that God is able to put into your hand. So you have to depend on God's discernment. God, how do I know that this is not right? Well, number one, the first litmus test always is the Word of God. God will never tell you to do anything that's ever against His Word. He will always in perfect harmony because, see, Jesus is the Word. (laughs) And for Jesus to deny any part of the Word is Jesus to deny Himself. So he will never tell you. But 
would say, but pastor, what about those other things? And that's where that God gives us by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of discernment. And the Bible said discerning of spirits where that God can help us in our battle and help me to honor him to discern whether that thing is right or wrong or whether that thing is of God or not of God. And so the spirit discernment totally keeps us trusting in part there. Amen. And then out of that spirit discernment, though just for you to discern it won't run it off won't stop the devil from messing with you, won't make the devil quit lying to you, and it won't stop the snare or the trap that he has set. But it's when you, we begin to trust God enough to begin to do three things out of our mouth. Number one, the fear of the Lord teaches me that I must learn to declare out my mouth. I must use my mouth the same way that the devil tries to whisper into my ear. I must use my mouth. I must talk back to the enemy. Some people have no idea. They've never, ever said anything to the devil. Jesus talked to the devil, man. He said, Satan, get thee behind me. And he talked to the devil that was lying to even his disciples. If you're going to be a God-fearing warrior, you're going to have to learn to talk to the devil. And you're going to have to learn, don't talk sweet to the devil. You're going to have to learn to talk mean to the devil. There was a precious person that got saved in this church. and He was a teacher out in the, uh, at the college. And he had been teacher in the college for a number of years. And, uh, and when he got saved and, and he came into the church, he's now with the Lord. He, was one, he, he became one of my very best friends in all the world. And uh, Gene, and Gene would, would come daily. And he would, he would come over and, and he always wanted to go. He said, Pastor, let's go drink coffee together. Well, well, I wasn't that much into coffee at that time. But I learned to be a coffeeholic because of Gene. And so we would go down there, and Gene, he'd do this so many times. We sat there, and I was challenging him to begin to fight against the devil. And it would bother him, because I would start talking about, I would say, man, we're going to get rid of that enemy. That devil's not going to be able to lie to you, and the devil's not going to be able to do that to you. And that that stinking devil is going to be crushed underneath your feet, and Jesus, the Bible says, is going to crush him. And he said, shh, shh, shh. He said, don't talk loud, Pastor. The devil will hear you. <laughs> and that's, that's where he started. That's not where he ended. But uh, it's amazing that some people, they never understand the strength and the reality of telling the devil no. One of the greatest weapons God has ever given to you is the spirit of authority. God has given you authority, the Bible says, over all the power of the enemy. And God gives us the promise that if you will do what you can do over the power of the enemy, then the next part of that scripture says, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Isn't it a powerful promise? That if I will begin to use my authority, so there's three things I say we have to do. We have to learn to declare You've got to learn to declare God's Word. You've got to learn. You've got to get that Word of God inside you. And you've got to begin. When the devil gets to lying to you, deceiving you, trying you, God say, No, devil, for it is written. That's what the Word of God says. And then the other one, you've got to decree. That's 
That's when you take God's word and you begin to say, that's what's not going to happen. You say, I'm not going to be well. Satan, you're a liar because the word of God tells me by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. So I just decree that I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And you begin to decree some things. If, you, if you're not willing to decree some things and to declare some things, and number three, proclaim some things. Do you know what... You know what, people think, the Bible's called us to do three things in this gospel. It's, number one is to preach. Number two is to heal. That's what Jesus did when he sent out his disciples. He told them to go, as you go, he said, preach the kingdom. That word preach is the word proclaim. Uh, preaching is not you getting a little soapbox. It's not you getting your favorite scripture down. You, man, you begin to proclaim something. You begin to say, devil, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to tolerate you attacking my family. I'm not going to tolerate you lying to me. I'm not going to tolerate... Man, you need to start proclaiming some things. Amen. The power of proclamation. The second thing he sent you to do is heal some things. And all the while, as you fear God, as you walk through life, it's always appropriate for you to represent the healer. See, that's what Jesus said. Go preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead. And then that third area is cast out devils. Deal with the devil. You've got to deal with the devil if you're going to honor God. You're going to have to deal with the devil. And you know what the number one sign of a believer is? The very first sign that's listed Mark chapter 16, what they And these signs shall follow them that believe. They will cast out devils. Deal with the devil. Man, sometimes you can find a devil in a in your checkbook. Sometimes you can find a devil in your... And I don't... But wherever it is. If you're going to honor God, you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with the devil. So number one, preach the gospel. Number two heal everything that's sick everything that's wounded everything that's hurt everything that's damaged everything heal it it's always appropriate it's always appropriate because you're representing the healer and then the third thing is you're showing his power and his might every time you honor God by dealing with the devil anywhere that he sticks up his old ugly head and tries to get up out of that hole you take your little old foot and you put it back on that hole and you squash him back down again in Jesus' name for his glory. Praise God. Stephen, close us out tonight as we would get a song. Let's be our closing. Let's all just stand together if you want to. Somebody honor God. I'm gonna honor. Somebody else say, I'm going to honor the Lord. I'm going to honor God by being committed. I'm going to honor God by being consecrated. And I'm going to honor God by fighting the devil. <laughs> I'm going to honor God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap as we sing with Stephen tonight. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. You can have it all.
you guys for being here with us as well we're excited about what god's doing walk in the fear of the lord amen